Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. Welcome to it, Stack in the Box, April the 6th, Sam Darnold on the move, big NFL news, number three overall draft pick in 2018 is now a Carolina Panther, three picks back, Mac Berteram, a sixth rounder this year, second rounder, fourth rounder next year. Some people think that Sam Darnold's the next Ryan Tannehill baby, he's going to show up in Carolina, he's going to be out of that Jets mess. He's going to start rolling, and I don't know what they're going to do with Teddy Bridgewater, but Sam Darnold's going to find it in Carolina. Do you think? You think that? Let's uh, let's get your reaction here, Vertoram. You think the Panthers made a good move? I don't mind that they traded for him, but I think the the bloviating about how they like found their next quarterback is just bullshit. <laughs> I, I just it's it's so nuts. And I've been somebody who said, look, if I were the Bears, I would have traded for Sam Darnold instead of signing Andy Dalton. And that's true. Like, And the reason is Sam Darnold is 23 years old and he has been on a dysfunctional team. And that's why I totally get why the, why the Panthers are saying, look, we'll trade a sixth round pick this year. We'll trade a fourth and a second next year. We're going to exercise his option and take a look. I, I, I don't blame them at all. But, you know, do I think all of a sudden now, like, they're just in the mix. No, I don't. I mean, he he stunk for three solid years. He's got to prove quite a bit now. But I I don't mind the bet on the upside. But people, it's just like the draft where I've I've reached my breaking point here on April sixth. Like, just stop telling me how everybody in the draft is great, because historically speaking, fifty percent of them in the first round will suck. And then after that, it's just a cascading effect as we get to 80%, 90%, so on and so forth. Darnold is going to be an interesting lottery ticket for the Panthers. He's got good players around him. Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, okay, Robbie Anderson, his old teammate with the Jets. I like the bet. But let's not go crazy. You bought a scratch-off ticket. Like, let's see what happens. And if you're the Jets, listen, what the hell? You were going to bench him anyway, so you might as well get the picks. Well... And the point, I think, from a Carolina standpoint, look, we gave up one premium pick. And a premium yes. pick is a second-round pick. 
fourth and sixth rounder. I mean, yeah, we'll okay. Those by trading back once or twice. Sure. A, you can recoup them by trading back and B, the likelihood that those hit fourth rounders, probably one out of what, eight. Oh, and, yeah. And, and, and six rounders, one out of 15, whatever it is. Um, I put out, I just put out a tweet here. Uh, Dear Bears fans. Would you, who would you rather have now that we've seen the price free agent, Andy Dalton or Sam Darnold for three picks um, right now, early going 66 votes in 53% saying Darnold worth the gamble. 47% saying I love Andy, my QB one. Now we're now it keeps on updating. Veran, why don't you give that thing a retweet? Give me the power of the Veteran account and we'll see at the end of the podcast where it's sitting. How would you have voted on that one? I would have rather a Darnold because again, you know, you know what you have in Andy Dalton, right? Which is a, a, a competent NFL quarterback, but a guy who at this point in his career is a fringe starter. Sam Darnold may not even be that. Like, he might not be that. But he might be an average NFL starter at some point in his career. I mean, there there is a precedent for that happening, where guys wash out early in their careers. Uh, Vinny Testaverde is an example, okay, of a guy who early on, you know, he's with Tampa. It was an awful situation, okay? He ends up going to the Browns, going to the Jets, and having a representative career. Now, he wasn't worth number one overall pick, but he was a player who ended up having a respectable NFL career. Um, you know, I think that's that that right there is a perfect example of what you're hoping for. Right. It's, like there's you know, now look, is he gonna be Rich Gannon, who was not an overly high pick, but ended up having like a great second half of his career MVP? Probably not, but if could if you're if you're the Bears, okay, or Washington or Denver, or you know, fill in the blank, and you said, Hey, look, he's gonna end up having a Vinny Testaverde type arc. It's not incredible. Like he's not he's not going into Canton, but it could be worse. And so I like I said, I get why Carolina did it. I actually like the trade for Carolina. I don't mind it at all. Um, but I, I, I just think the, this narrative that like every time a team acquires a quarterback, all of a sudden like they're they're this like that rocket ship emoji. You know, like, are they caught like no no just stop. Just stop. But I, I do think it's an interesting bet for them. I don't mind it, and it gives them a little clarity going into the draft as well. I'm just looking at Testaverde's career. I mean, he was he was on a Bucks team that was straight brutal, and he – I mean, they were 5-10 and 10 when he was a starter in his second year, but he, he led the league in interceptions with 35, led the league in interceptions again his second year – or his third year in the league. Uh, so second and oh, third years. they were years awful. They were all – he was 5-10 and 10 in 88, 5-9 and nine in 89. He's throwing 35 and, and 22 picks. It it didn't really turn around uh, until he got to the Jets. Uh, he had some decent he had some decent years with uh, with Cleveland. Some decent years with Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah. So, but he got a whole lot better when he got out of Tampa. And if you look at the dysfunctional Bucks back in the day, they're very similar to the dysfunctional Jets. I mean, and I mean New York's gonna be picking a top uh, a quarterback in the top four for the second time in four years, which hasn't happened in NFL history uh, since, I think, 1967. So it, it speaks to the level of incompetence. But I think a big reason the Jets did it, too, which they're admitting to, uh, Robert Salah, their head, new head coach and all, you get the quarterback control. There's huge value in that nowadays, which did not exist back in the day. So that's part of the reason why they're doing it. And 
they obviously don't. If they thought Sam Darnold was great, they wouldn't be making this move either. So it, I think it's a little bit of a combination. No, of course, of course. Um, and that's always the thing people don't think about. Like the Jets traded a 23-year-old quarterback under team control for a second, a fourth, and a sixth. If they thought he was any good, they wouldn't have draft or they wouldn't trade. They don't think they don't think he's any good. Now they're the Jets, so is that almost an endorsement? Maybe. Although Joe Douglas, to be fair, I, I I think you know we have to see how he does and and see how things go. And Sala, of course, has no real experience with Arnold, but um, they were always going to move him. And this is why you know, listen. I hope for the the people that listen to this podcast, I hope we give you. One thing that I feel like a lot of other places don't, and that's just a, a modicum of intelligent football talk. Like they were always going to trade him, always. You hear this this crap that these teams leak out to reporters, and look, it's my job to report on the NFL. I'm not trying to diss another NFL reporter, but the fact is, is some guys they carry water for these teams. They just do, and this idea that 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 the Jets were going to go into the draft and take Zach Wilson and then have a competition. It's just insane. Like anyone who knows anything about the NFL knew that Sam Darnold was gone after week 17. They were not going to bring him back. And by the way, uh, if you read my stack in the box column, this isn't like a pat on the back thing. It's just, it's just a reality. Um, I wrote on Monday morning, hours before the draft, that the second the Jets are offered a top 100 pick, Darnold's out the door. It just is. I talked to two GMs at the end of December who both said to me, if they get a third round pick, they're going to move him. Well, they, they didn't get it. They got a second and a fourth and a sixth. So the Jets probably figured, oh, my God, we got to move him right now. Um, and it's, by the way, it's going to be the same thing with Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, we love Jimmy G. We're not going to move him. The second they get offered a first round pick, he's gone. Gone. All caps. Gone. They will not even hesitate. They're going to recoup some of their draft assets that they traded away to move up to three. That's the way the NFL works, and it's the way it worked here. Who's giving them that first-round pick? You, I, I mean, this is not an inside knowledge thing. It's just my opinion. I think it's a fairly obvious one. I, I think New it's England. New England. I mean, because if you're the Pats, you're picking mid-first round. You have Cam Newton and Jared Stidham on that roster. Now, let's just call it what it is. Cam Newton stunk last year. He was awful. I get he had no weapons around him. He stunk. Okay? He threw eight touchdowns in, in what, 15 games in 2020. He was awful. And Jared Stidham is not the answer by any stretch of the imagination. So, if you're, if you're Belichick, you're like, I'm 69 years old. If we trade up to get a quarterback, we're going to have to trade in the top – seven top six i'm not doing that i'm gonna have to give up a million picks i'll give up one pick and get the guy that i loved originally anyway and bring him in here and we'll win 10 games because i'm bill belichick and we'll make the playoffs but why then has it not happened at this point what are they waiting for i think you're always waiting if you're the nine there's no there's no reason to pull the trigger right now right because you've got time the draft is approaching it'll happen before the draft I would, I mean, I, I would be very, very surprised if they don't trade him. I'm not trying to shoot holes in the Verderam theory here, but like, no, you're, no, you're, it's a good question. But I think well, because you're saying the second it happens, and if you're New England, like, I, I, being the skeptic here, it's like, hold on a second. Yeah, okay, Cam wasn't great last year, but maybe they're looking at it like, well, there was a pandemic. Well, he didn't have maybe. training camp. Well, well, we had no weapons, and 
so, but so if, if you're not looking like that, then, you know, maybe they're not willing to, maybe they're just sitting there like, we're not giving you a first round pick and right. And, and, I, and, and okay. And I think that's probably more likely like, look, we're still three weeks out from the draft. I think that, you know, there's, there's a couple scenarios. It could be new England saying, Hey, we'll give you a second. We're not giving you a first. Maybe it's the Niners getting that offer of a first round pick from the patch or another team and saying, Hey, we think we might be able to do better if we wait another week or two. Teams get a little more desperate as we get to the draft. So, so it's always a game of chicken, too. You know, with Darnold, I think the Jets just knew, look, we're not going to do any better than this. There's not that many people interested. We're, with Garoppolo, and again, this is just an example, but maybe John Lynch is sitting there going, okay, we got a first as an offer from New England, but we might be able to get that that first from Denver, and that's a higher pick, and we could try to get them involved. Now, I don't think that would happen, but – I get, I get why you would, you'd play that game out a little bit if you're the Niners. Well, and also if you're New England right now, you've got to be happy with the Darnold trade because you know that Carolina is going to have to move Bridgewater and maybe you have more weapons. Right. You could have some level of, hey, we'll, we'll trade a second for Teddy over a first for Jimmy. Correct. I mean, wh- who would you, what would you do in that scenario? I'll, we could have Teddy – Basically under contract for one year for a second round draft pick, maybe even a third. I don't know. Um, or Garoppolo for a first. Which way are you going? I mean, I would think that they would still want Jimmy because he's always loved Jimmy, but I don't. Maybe not because I, Teddy seems to fit would fit well with, with with what Bill likes to do, right? Yeah. Play within yourself, Teddy. Be smart. Run the offense. Let, let's get them, you know, let's, let's, we're not going to completely overachieve, but we're going to get to where we should get to. I don't know. I think that kind of makes sense. I think, listen, the biggest, the biggest question that every team has to answer in the NFL today is how good is your quarterback? And can your quarterback legitimately get you to a Super Bowl? And I was having this conversation with Matt Lombardo this, this morning, actually. We're, we're chatting on the phone and we're talking about this exact topic. Um, and if you don't already check out Mal, the Matt Lombardo show, it's on our feed. If you subscribe to this, you certainly subscribe there. Um, but like, I'll use an example of a guy, Derek Carr is an average to slightly above average quarterback. In my opinion, like he's anywhere from like 12 to 15 in the league, depending on, on the season. That's not a bad quarterback. He's not a bad player. If I were the Raiders, I'd shop Derek Carr because Derek Carr is never, ever, 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 ever winning that division if Patrick Mahomes was healthy. Ever. I, I don't care what's around him. I don't care if the Raiders shore up certain things, which obviously they, they've not done. But he's not even going to compete with Justin Herbert the way things look right now, the way Herbert played. Now, I, I got to see it again out of Herbert because it's one year, and, and, and I think that's fair. But if you're a team like Denver, and we're going to talk about Denver, you have no shot with Drew Locke as your quarterback. None. None. The NFL today is all about who's your quarterback. And so to me, it's just like in the NBA, right? Like if you're following the NBA right now, let's assume LeBron and Anthony Davis get healthy for the Lakers. All right? I think the Jazz are a great story and they're fun. And guess what? If LeBron and Anthony Davis are healthy in the playoffs, the Lakers are going to beat them. They just are. Because at the end of the day, LeBron's going to get any shot he wants when he needs to, and Anthony Davis is going to score 30 points, and Joe Ingles is going to be shooting a huge shot for the Jazz, and it's probably not going to go in. Like, that's the way sports – you need to have the guy. 
in sport. You have to. You have to. And to me, the quarterback position in the NFL right now, probably deeper than it's ever been. But really thinking about, like, who's who's a guy you're like, man, that guy can win the Super Bowl first. How many are there? Six? Eight? You don't have that guy. You better keep looking. Well, since you brought up Drew Locke, I mean, how do you think this, how do you think this plays out in, in Denver? Who's, by the way, they've got the number nine overall pick. They're supposed to be a straight run on quarterbacks. First, second, third, maybe four quarterbacks go in the top, you know, five, five six picks here. I, I is Denver drafting a quarterback and saying goodbye to Drew Locke at number nine? If the right, if even if it's like we'll take the best guy on the board no matter what, or if it, I mean, that's it kind of seems like that's how it's going to play out, right? If they like someone at nine, they'll draft a QB. If they don't, they'll stick with Drew. Am I missing something here? I, I believe they will trade up and get a quarterback. If they have to trade up, if they don't have to trade them, there's at nine, there's a guy there. I think they'll take one. Now, that's just my opinion. Someone informed one based off of just understanding kind of where a lot of these teams are at. Listen, it, it, here's how this draft's going to play out. Lawrence is going to go first. Wilson's going to go second. And then the Niners are going to take a quarterback at third, whether it's Lance, Fields, Jones. It seems like it might be Jones, but I'm not willing to put a stake in that claim yet. We'll see. The draft really starts at four with Atlanta. Does Atlanta take Kyle Pitts? Okay. With, with Listen, Pitts is a special – special talent at tight end it's also taking a tight end at number four like that is he better be tony gonzalez and shannon sharp wrapped into one to take him at four okay but you got him then you get the Bengals at five i would suspect that they would take a tackle they could take jamar chase or pitch if he's there but i think they take a tackle at six you get to the dolphins the Dolphins are absolutely taking a playmaker at six. It's either going to be Pitts or Chase, assuming one of them are there. Then you get to seven, the Lions. The Lions, I think, are just straight-up best player available. I, I don't I don't know. Could they take a quarterback? Yeah, maybe, but they got Goff, and Brad Holmes brought him over from L.A. To me, if you're Denver, you're talking to Atlanta – you're talking to the Bengals, okay? I think both those teams would be willing to trade back. And if you can get up there and get your guy, it's what you do. And I think, you know, that, that's got – and by the way, Denver's going to know what San Francisco's going to do because John Lynch played in Denver. There's a connection there, okay? Knows John Elway really well. Guys played in the league together. Shanahan, obviously a tremendous tie to Denver, the, the Broncos are going to know because it doesn't hurt the Niners to just tell them what they're going to do. What do they care? So if Denver likes that answer, then I think Denver is the clear cut favorite to move up the four and take either Lance or Fields If they're available, you have to go get your guy. And I, and I wrote a big piece and I'll, I'll shut up after this on fan side and about exactly this, that, most guys in the top 10 that goes quarterbacks, they, they're not good. They get, end up being a bust. Since, the, since 2006, 29 quarterbacks have been taken in the top 10 picks. 19 of them have been awful. Not mediocre, awful. So if you're doing this, it, you're betting against history, but at the same point, you have to make the bet because if you don't and you're Denver, you have Drew Locke, and that's a losing proposition. 
It is time for us to get rich. Hang tight. We'll be right with you. It's Stacking the Box. Progressive's Home Court Explorer lets you easily compare our direct rates with multiple companies. Now that we've covered something you could do, it's time for sports stuff you definitely could not do. If you were head coach, you would not have gone for it on fourth down. Your confidence in your play calling ability might be a little overblown, considering you're barely confident in which restaurant to order takeout from, let alone choosing a play in front of 70,000 screaming fans. But you definitely can use Progressive's Home Court Explorer to easily compare rates. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. It's just really interesting to see where people put their mock drafts at right now. Daniel Jeremiah, you know, NFL.com, he's, he's got his stake in Mac Jones and the 49ers. Does. And I'm like, really? Because you're betting – listen, Justin Fields, some, you know, some work ethic stuff is coming out on him right now which is always a big concern. Do you, you know, you got to have somebody who loves to play the game of football, who loves to be in the film room, all of that. Uh, but he's got, so he's got fields going to the lions at seven. And then at that point, and he's also got Trey Lance going uh, fourth to the Falcons, which is interesting. Um, but it also makes sense. Like, you know, how long, are you gonna, how long are you going to roll the Matt Ryan dice? You got to find us a replacement at some point, right? I mean, do you think the Falcons draft a quarterback? What odds would you give? And I know you just said no. I, like, I think it's possible. So, uh, 30%. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the problem is they just restructured Ryan's deal. So, like, they would have to basically sit the guy for two years or eat a ridiculous amount of money, and I don't think they're going to do those things. Um, yeah, see, I don't think Atlanta's taking a quarterback. I don't either. I don't either. Uh, but so, see, if you're Atlanta, you want that out there. Hey, you know, we're thinking about it because well, then, it, then you're driving up price. Yeah, but they, they don't even have to be thinking about it. Like, look, we're willing to deal the pick. Who wants who wants the fourth overall pick? Who wants Trey Lance? Who wants Mac Jones? Who wants Justin Fields? Come up, come and get it because someone's coming. I mean, that, that's all they really got to do. I guess you can – I mean, threatening it adds to, to the value too. But just uh, you're open for business. We're willing to trade it. Really interesting. I mean, because you you got to teams. Everybody knows that the obvious of all obvious is that you have to have a good quarterback to get her done, and then so then you're sitting there with these mid level mediocres. And is it worth paying the price to try to upgrade when you really have no idea if it's going to work out? I mean, how could you sit there and look in the mirror? I I the 100 believe in Trey Lance. He's going to come rocking in from North Dakota State and crush it in the league. I mean, you gotta you gotta have a lot of confidence in your ability to evaluate to say that, or any of them. Yeah, like Justin Fields could throw the ball nearly 100 yards. I've also seen him look absolutely horrendous. Well, that, look that, and that's why. Okay, this is why. When we started the show, I said I'm just I'm burnt out. It's April 6th. Like, stop telling me everybody's great. Okay, historically speaking, everybody's not great. In fact, more guys than not are going to be awful. And that's the reality. I know that's not fun. And people want to just always believe their first round picks going to be amazing. Uh, you as a bears fan have plenty of, of, you know, uh, ammunition to say, no, it's not always great. Look, I'm going to just for the listeners real quick. Okay. So I did the legwork as I wrote this piece about the Niners and trying to buck history. All right. I did the legwork and I went back to 2006, 15 years. And 
here are the quarterbacks that have been taken, including and since the 2006 draft, in the top 10. Vince Young, Matt Leinart, Jamarcus Russell, Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford, Mark Sanchez, Sam Bradford, Cam Newton, Jake Locker, Blaine Gabbert, Andrew Luck, RG3, Ryan Tannehill, Blake Bortles, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Mitchell Trubisky, Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, Joe Burrow, Tua Tagovailoa, and Justin Herbert. So what, what do you think the lesson in all of it is? Team like if you overdraft quarterbacks. Right. Clearly. Because it's such an outsized importance positionally. I, I want to panic. I want to do a psychological study on what went into some of the worst quarterback selections of all time. How teams in general get fooled. Oh, you and I both know, man. It's a lot of just, oh, he looks like a quarterback. Got There's a great, that. Great build. Like, why the – uh, you know, I won't say – I won't curse. There's no reason. Why, why the hell did Brock Osweiler get drafted in the second round? Because he's 6'8". Tall. If Brock Osweiler, tall, good-looking guy. If Brock Osweiler was six-one and ugly, he would have been a six-round pick. He would have been. You and I both know it's true, right? Like that happens all the time. Oh, he looks like a quarterback. He's he's got the intangibles. That my six-round pick. That's my guy Gardner Minshew. Although I think he's adorable looking, but you know that's exact. That's it but right like, there. It's always the same crap. Right, these teams fall into this thing, and the other, and here's the other side of it. Okay, and this is just a human element. I don't even blame people for this because everybody does this. You think you can fix the guy? Like, well, you know, he's got awful, awful mechanics, but I'm a great coach. I'll fix it, right? Or, yeah, he threw a lot of picks. Like Jameis had this thing. Like, oh, he throws in a lot of windows, but you know, we'll fix that. No, you won't fix it. Like, you won't fix it. It's he. He's going to throw a lot of picks. And I think teams just fall into that a lot. That idea of like, we have a better coaching staff than that team does. I'm a smarter GM than that guy. When in reality, it's like, yeah, you're not going to fix that. He's terrible. I was listening to Matt Nagy talk about uh, the draft this year and how it's way more difficult for teams because they don't have the combine. And you don't get to see them up close and see the ball come out. And I'm like, Maybe it's better for you guys to not have the combine. Just go by the tape of what he did on the field. You, you can easily fall in love with a guy in shorts and like, oh, look at that. Look at that beautiful spiral that he just threw on a 15-yard out. Can you imagine him throwing that to whatever, Allen Robinson? Hey, man, what did he do? on the field in competition with five guys, six guys coming, trying to kill him. That's way. I don't know. I just feel like people get way fall way too much in love at the combine. Let's uh, let's update what's going on with Deshaun Watson. You know, we're up to 22. Uh, you know, I keep on asking the question at what point does the NFL step in here and put him on the suspended list until everything is resolved. They haven't done it yet. I don't know if they ever will. But I do think that's where we're headed at some point here. Maybe it's when training camp comes rolling around. Um, but the one, the only thing we know right now, Matt Verderam, 
is that this dude has a lot of massage therapists. I mean, he's got, you got 20 people coming out on the other side saying that he would never do that. So we're, when we're at 40, um, which, uh, you know, I was talking to Michael Holly last week. He's like, yeah, that's, uh, that's odd. You know, most guys, they have their therapist and maybe they have a backup, but so it's, it's, it's curious without, a, without a doubt. So anyway, what, what, what do you got? Anything that you can update? I, I, just, I think it almost becomes something we have to just hit briefly on a weekly basis, considering the story just keeps evolving. I, I think we're kind of where we were at. You know, teams are not going to trade for him. There's no way. That's impossible to do right now. To the Texans, you're watching this number just climb and climb and climb. And you're like, what is going on? I mean, geez, maybe we should have traded him a few months ago, right? I mean, I, you know, look, Mom, excuse me, Molly uh, McManamy came on last week. I just wanted to make sure I got the last name right because God knows mine has been butchered enough. Um, and I, I'm sure hers has been butchered way more than mine. Uh, and, and I thought Molly was right on when she said, no matter how it plays out, it's sad. And I, 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 I look at this and that's where I am, man. Like, it's just, you're talking now over 20 civil suits. Now there's a criminal complaint with the Houston Police Department. So now the police department's going to get involved. Um, to what extent, we don't know. I don't know about you, and I'm not going to jump to conclusions because I've learned in this business that is a fool's errand. You just don't do it. I will say, though, the more that comes out, the more you start to really say what is going on. I mean, I, I had the same reaction you did. Like, I, I saw Rusty Harden, who is the lawyer, for Deshaun Watson, come out and have, I think it was 18 different therapists vouching for Watson's credibility. And I thought to myself, now he is a, a very well-known, high-powered attorney. He knows way more about law than I ever could. That didn't make me feel great about Deshaun Watson. Oh, here's 18 massage therapists who think that he's a great guy. Like, which, okay, great. I'm glad they think he's a great guy, but 18 massage therapists. And then on top of that, you have more than 20 who are complainants, obviously filing civil or, or and now even a criminal charge. That's at least 40. Like there's, I don't care who you are. And I'm not saying he's guilty of anything, but it definitely raises a red flag. 40 massage therapists. I mean, I don't, I've never heard of anything like that in my life. It just seems very bizarre. So I think I do have some remote uh, calm level of expertise here because I do love Groupon for massages because you get great deals. And I do. Uh, so I'll, so I'll go. He's like living room. Uh, no, I mean, hey. I think like, like this place is offering, uh, you know, the three massage 60 bucks special. I'm in like, I don't care. How bad could it possibly be? So, you know, but, but I'm not, I don't make Deshaun Watson money. Like I'm looking for the value. It doesn't make sense for an NFL quarterback. Like I've got P over at urban, urban Oasis. She's awesome. I've got the body locks. I've got, you know, I got a bunch of places and, and maybe I get, you know, four massages in a year. It's not like, a, it, but it just, it does not make sense. Just, it, it's a very bizarre. Um, and it's also bizarre, you know, I, you know, you know, all joking aside here, and it's a very odd thing to the whole situation here is just disgusting, honestly. And, and I, you know, who, who just, it's awkward to talk about. But, um, you know, and we don't know what's true, obviously, but 
I didn't have Deshaun Watson pegged for having anything wrong going on in his life in any which way whatsoever. And maybe he doesn't, but you just never know. But it's like you, you know, I it's it's just very it's it's un, it's unfortunate at the least. It's yeah. horrifying at the worst. And I don't expect this to go away anytime soon. I I know the, the NFL has said it's conducting its own investigation, and you've got to think that the NFL is going to be very involved here before the end of all this. Yeah, and also, rumor on the street is that there are teams right now in the NFL that are willing to trade for Deshaun Watson. I don't believe that for two seconds. And I, maybe I'm proven wrong and people can dunk on me. That's fine. I'll be the first to admit I haven't gone and done a big deep dive on that. But I, you're going to tell me a team. Now, now I will say it with this caveat. If the Texans were willing to trade him for a ham sandwich, okay, maybe. You're telling me a team's going to offer them multiple firsts and then for a guy who's got almost two dozen civil suits against him and pretty serious stuff. I mean, this isn't like, oh, you know, he ran a red light. I mean, this is major, major accusations. I, I can you like obviously the Bears are a team that needs a quarterback, so I'm just using them purely as an example. But can you imagine the Bears making a move for him right now and what the reaction would be around? Yeah, you, can't, you can't do it. You can't. But, there's no way you can do it. But see, that's the other side of it too, by the way. And this is a little bit well, it's a lot different because it's it's ongoing. But you know what fans like, Verderam? What's Winning. They like to oh, win. No doubt. No doubt. And. These things, over time, people forget. They move forward. What'd you do on Sunday? You know, my, the, the best Chicago example to me was, you know, the, the Cubs in the middle of their chasing their World Series for the first time in 108 years in 2016. Well, who'd they add at the deadline? They added Araldis Chapman, who had been, you know, suspended for 30 games. He, he had fired eight shots in a garage. He had, he had domestic abuse stuff going on. And I'm, I'm like, you, you understand that if this goes the way it's supposed to go, that's the dude that's going to be on the mound when you win it all. That's the guy that's going to be raising his arms out, throwing the final pitch. Now, it didn't work out that way because he threw a three-run homer to Rajay Davis, but that's how it, 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 that's how it worked out. Carmen did all it could in that spot. Yeah. I mean, you know, it ended up being Mike Montgomery, but yeah. that, but that's who – you sign up for to be on the mound for the oh. biggest moment in the franchise's history. Listen, and people were I'm, totally okay with it. They were no, like it was like three people who said boo. I'm a Chiefs fan. The most famous play of their whole Super Bowl run is Wasp. Who caught the ball? Who caught the ball? Who caught the, the most famous play of their Super Bowl run on Wasp on that play? Why am I? Harry Kill. Oh, right, 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 right. Tyree Kill ha has quite a history, okay? <laughs> I mean, let's let's just be real now. Like, I don't think Tyree – I don't think anybody's like, man, you know, Tyree Kill, he's he's just a great, great person. And, now, and I'm putting aside last year the accusations and whatnot because that stuff ended up – nothing came illegally and we don't know what happened. Fine. But we do know what happened when he was in college. That's a matter of record and fact. So – you know, like, but no, no chief fan in that moment was like, man, that really stinks. He caught that pass. Like, right. they're like, man, of course they got not. Third and 15. Glad somebody came down with it. Get so, it to Tyreek. <laughs> right. Right. And you're right. You're hundred percent right. Like people don't care. They should, 
but a lot of and, and, I, and I'll be the first to include myself in this. Like, if you're rooting for a team, you, you're not thinking about that in the moment. You're thinking about the team and the success of the team. And but with Watson right now, and you hit the nail on the head. It is an open investigation. We don't know if he did anything wrong. But if it comes out that any of this stuff's true, I, I mean, it makes moving him for the Texans much more difficult. And it makes acquiring him much more complex. I'm not dumb enough to think some team won't do it. Because some team will go, man, he's a top three quarterback. Like, we, we'll live with the PR hit. Okay, but... Do you think it makes everything a lot more complicated? Absolutely, it does. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think he's going anywhere, and I think he'll end up getting. If I had to guess at it right now, suspended for like say the first four games of the season is how I think this will end up playing out. But that's just a guess with absolutely nothing, you know, behind it. But that's just kind of how it feels right now to me. Let's do some in or out here, and we already touched on Cincinnati um, and Kyle Pitts, Jabbar Chase. Um, as to what they'll do in the first round here. But instead of Sewell, who do you, who do you, let's, let's in or out on the Bengals taking Pitts or Chase instead of Sewell. So look, I, I think the Bengals have to take Sewell here. I, they have to. I mean, did you, did you see the way Joe Burrow's season ended? And I, I keep seeing people like, well, yeah, they take Kyle Pitts. It doesn't matter if, if he's on his back the whole game. I, I think if you're the Bengals, you drafted Riley Reef. Now, the only thing that throws a fly in the audience, which is why this is on there, is they drafted Jonah Williams a year ago as a first-rounder, and he didn't play like he got hurt. He's coming back now. Like In theory, they have Williams and they have Reef. But to me, if you think Sewell's a big-time, big-time tackle, which a lot of people do, I don't know how you pass on him. Like, I don't know that you can pass – like. If you're the Bengals, your number one priority has to be protecting Joe Burrow. You have Boyd. You have Higgins. I wouldn't crush Cincinnati if they took Pitts. But, man, like, I also am old enough, and God knows you are as an Iowa guy. Like, remember when TJ Hawkinson was going to be the greatest tight end of all time coming out of college? And it's like, oh, yeah, right. It's not. It's a very tricky position. Pitts is a bigger prospect. But the the positional – value still stands my only beef with this in or out is that you're dogging my northwestern wildcat offensive tackle Rashawn slater baby he might go high man he might go he might very well go top 10 people love him he's a great guy i can i can speak to that and he's a monster he did not play last year set out because he knew he was gonna be at minimum he's big time right he was smart you're a first round draft pick at worst and you might be top 10 you know, Wildcats, by the way, had a great year, which he missed out on, but I, but I got the decision. Uh, how, so, uh, listen, I, I, am, I, I think the Bengals come to their senses and they, and they protect their quarterback, so I'm out on that one. The Seahawks, let's look at uh, Seattle here. Will the Seahawks – the Seahawks will take a quarterback in the first two rounds. I would be out on this. Um, you know, it's just such a – it's just such a bad play, like – to me, you, you're not you're not trading Russell Wilson when the Bears offered everything. Okay, well you're in for him for like three more years then, right? So why would you draft a quarterback? But go ahead. I'm out too, but I think that it's a possibility because everything you're hearing is it that that is just a very eroding situation yeah. in Seattle. I I think he's here for the year. 
But after that, I don't know. Which, by the way, I'll, I'll go on right. That is insane to me. They've done nothing but win with him. Their, their entire time together. And by the way, I think it's insane for him too. I want to go somewhere else. I want to go to the Raiders. You want to go to the Raiders? <laughs> you want to go to the Raiders? Really? Have you seen the Raiders? They haven't won a playoff game since you've been in the league. And you want to go to the Raiders. Last I checked, they don't have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And they don't have a coach who's in the playoffs every year with a really stable front office and an aggressive front office, I might add. I, I, that is the classic. Oh, the grass is greener on the other side. Yeah, as it turns out, it's not. As it turns out, it really isn't. Like, like Now, obviously, Dallas is committed to Dak now. But at the time, you want to go to Dallas. You want to go play for Jerry Jones, who hasn't sniffed an NFC title game since 1995. That's where you want to go. That's it. It feels like it's throwing darts just to, for the sake of throwing darts. I don't get it. So, but I do. I don't think. I don't think they'll take a quarterback because I think they're going to sit there and say, "Look, we're going to show our commitment to you. Um, we're going to keep building around you." But everything you hear, it seems like they're on the outs pretty considerably. Yep. It's, it's really, sometimes, you know, you just don't realize what you have right in front of you. You two have been great for each other. It's been a win-win. No sense running away from it. Let's pause for a quick second here so we can pay some bills. We're right back with Stacking the Box. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, Let's look at Miami. The Dolphins regret not taking a quarterback after the season, in or out. I'm out. With a caveat, I think they're they won't regret it because they have the capital going forward that if they if they want to get a quarterback they can do it. And I don't know that this quarterback class is great outside of Lawrence. Like all these quarterbacks going top five, top seven to me is insane. Does anyone really think outside of Trevor Lawrence any of these guys are like top tier prospects? I talked to one scout who's been in the league for over twenty five years who said, "Look, I think Zach Wilson's got great traits. Can you show me one pass where he was under pressure?" One, and, and by the way, that's not an isolated opinion. And that's not to say Zach Wilson won't be very good. He might very well be. But you go watch BYU's games. I mean, he is just throwing against air the entire game. There's never anybody in his face. So I got news for him. He goes plays for the Jets. That's going to change. Um, but no, listen, I think for the Dolphins, they don't regret it because they have the capital. But you got to be concerned if you're a Dolphins fan about two after his rookie year. Doesn't mean he can't come out and, and play great and, and put all those concerns to rest, but he was not good as a rookie. People can spin it any way they want. He was not good. He was benched multiple times for Ryan Fitzpatrick in the middle of games. So am I worried about him? Yeah. And, but I don't think the Dolphins regret it because they have the capital to go and fix the problem next year if they need to. So I'm, I'm paying attention to Twitter during the show here, Verderam. I, I got to bring this up because it's in the moment here. I don't know if you want to address this at the end or right now, but I just saw a tweet from you. It says, six years ago, at Fanside, it took a chance on me. 
Since then, I've been blessed to cover two Super Bowls, go from writer to reporter, talking to people in the league on a daily basis. It's been an absolute thrill, and I'm internally grateful they believed in me, Onward and Upward, which you put out at 11.32. We're now recording. It's 11.47. That's 15 minutes ago. Yeah. Are you leaving? No. <laughs> no, I'm not leaving. I'm, I'm, I've been here six years. To, I happened while we were talking. I got the, the little calendar app on the bottom of my computer screen. I noticed it was April 6th, and I just, for whatever reason, I've always known I got hired on April 6th. It was my first day, you should say. It was my first day at Fansided. Uh, no, no, not going anywhere. I'm, <laughs> I've never been happy to be here. But, uh, no, it's been uh, I thought you were today. I, I thought onward and upward definitely thought, meant that you were, like, you know, moving on to the big ESPN or something. No, I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, everything continues to go onward and upward here. Everything's been growing. Everything's been going great. Uh, the podcast has never been better. Um, our, our traffic numbers, if anybody cares, have gone up steadily. And I think that's a reflection of the good work that everyone's done at the company. So, no, I'm just – listen, I just remember when I got hired at Fansided, I walked in – I know you remember this place uh, – our old office on North Lincoln Avenue. And, man, I, I don't even know if you'd call that an office. That was you like – Four picnic tables and two desks. <laughs> it was like, I remember when we first started doing videos. Remember that? It was like a hostage negotiation, those videos. Um, yeah. Well, let me just paint the picture. You walked into this office. There were literally, I think there were four desks along one side wall. Yep. And, right. then there were, and then there were two four top tables that randos who were writing for the website uh, who didn't work full time, you would, you would sit there and then eventually Patrick Allen pulled a camera out of his parents' bedroom and set that thing up. There was a, a there was a kitchen and then there was one bathroom in the back, which I won't talk about a certain client not pleasant. Who, who just did not value the fact that there was only one bathroom and that was unfortunate, but, uh, and also if you remember, so the, everybody sat basically facing the street and there were these big, big glass windows in the front of the office. The problem was the sun rose in that direction. And so the glare coming through there was <laughs> blinding. We had to put these huge darkening curtains up. So it could be 80 and beautiful and sunny out. You couldn't even see it was like you worked at night. This was, I mean, this was a company that at the time, and it was it was just, it was so young. It was not even five years old at that point. I remember moving into Chicago. I'd never seen Chicago, never been there. I moved in sight unseen. Patrick found me in my apartment. And I walked in the office and thought to myself, A, I'm really happy to be here and have an opportunity. And B, holy crap, I really hope we make it through the lease because it was just <laughs> so small. I mean, I remember walking in. It was Josh Hill, Mike Dice, and Patrick Allen. That was it. And Dan Selke, who, who didn't work in sports. But that was it. Like, we were the five full-time people that were in there. I mean, you were essentially working full-time. You eventually you know, got had hired on uh, later as, as such. But, I mean. I, I came in crazy. for a, a writing test on a Saturday afternoon because I – a guy that I played tennis with was like, have you ever heard of Fanside? And the radio station that I had been working with just folded – no, but I'm trying to keep my name out there, so I'll check it out. So I walk in there, and I look around, and I'm like – and then Patrick, like, comes up to me, and he's, like, looking at me like he knows me. I'm like, how do you know me? 
He's like, well, I used to listen to you in Kansas City. So I, I had an in. He was like excited. He's like, why would you be interested in this? I'm like, dude, I just lost the gig. I need to keep my name out there. I'm happy to, you know, keep, do that. And then eight months later, he's like, I want you to do videos for something. What do you want me to do? Um, and then that turned into the video gig, uh, which of course is now, you know, we've got a whole team and the whole thing. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I, you guys were all in your 20s. This is up in yeah. Lincoln Square. Yep. So it was you and Hill. And uh, who was that uh, gentleman who didn't last very long? And um, Sanchez? Yeah. And, I didn't uh, know. Yeah, yeah. He, I, I think I replaced him. Okay. I didn't even know him. But it was all these. This is this is before, and this doesn't matter to anyone. But like, we're, we're this is like suburban Chicago. Like I think the people young, think this is stuff is funny and interesting. Yeah. Well. Well. Oh. But right. It's suburban Chicago. Like the young people, they live by Wrigley Field. They they live in Bucktown. These are the cool areas. They, you know, they what they don't Lincoln Park. Whatever. They don't live in Lincoln Square. But then you guys are all moving to town. Total foreigner. You know, just basically foreigners. You have no idea where you are, and you're oh, all not. living in like Lincoln Square with like seventy year olds. I'm like, what are you, what are you guys doing up here? And and but then by the way now it's i guess a little bit growing that way but it was just interesting like who are these people why are they living here they're sharing a bedroom they don't even know where they are i remember when i moved in like i got my own place and like dyson hill were living together and you know just to share rent and listen it's a humble beginning but i'll give fans side eternal credit for this through all the t- turns and twists of, of the sports media which if anyone out there listens who cares or, or follows us Unfortunately, it's a very volatile business. People get laid off all the time. And we had to, you know, unfortunately, a couple of people did get laid off during the, the coronavirus pandemic. But Fansided has always, always, always stood by its own people, taking care of us. Um, given, I mean, I've had more freedom here than I ever could have imagined. They basically were like, listen, you want to become a reporter? Go for it. Here, go for it. Here's some time during the day, like call agents call GMs, email people, whatever you, if that's what you want to do. I mean, this podcast and the column was literally me one day, just sitting there going, you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to do some top line stuff. Like I'm just going to write a column and I'm going to this podcast for people who were really, really, really at the beginning. I did this by myself for an hour for like the first six episodes. Then Hill came on. Then you got involved. And obviously Jeff Schwartz is a big part of it, but through all the growing pains, as we kind of found ourselves, both as a company and with this podcast and with my column, they always just supported it. Like, I don't know many companies who would have just said, yeah, Matt, you know what? You got a hundred people listening and you know, the, the, the column at first was getting like 50 pages. Like, yeah, why don't you just, why don't you just keep doing it? And Oh, by the way, have our graphic team do a design for you. Most companies would have been like, Matt, come on now. Like this is a huge waste of time. And now it's grown into something where we do have a real honest to God audience. And I'm, I'm just very grateful to Fansite and of course the audience as well, but it's just funny. I mean, you're sitting in an office right now that is unfathomable four years ago, three years ago. Yeah. The first time I walked in here and now I'm the only one that comes in. It's like, Whoa, this place is really nice. It's unbelievable. (laughs) It's on the top floor of a downtown building, right? It's a huge space. It's own video studio. When I went to fans, I remember the cookie store next door to us. Of course. And every time they get a big, we had a, a, these, these uh, couple of women who ran this cookie shop. It was great. It was like all like natural ingredients or whatever. Tremendous snickerdoodle. These were, oh, they were awesome. <laughs> and when they'd get a huge shipment, they'd ship me these huge pallets and they'd come over and be, hey guys, do you mind helping us move this stuff in the, the building? And they give us free cookies. 
So we'd be like, oh man, it's a it's a cookie day. Like that was those are the early Halcyon days of fans. We had the cookie joint. There was a complete dive bar sort of on the corner, although there really wasn't a quarter just the, and the bend in the road. Oh god, yeah, yeah. And then across the street Cardinal. there was there was a, another bar that burnt down. And yes. from there, like you want to get something to eat? Well, there's a McDonald's. <laughs> subway where i went every day it, it, it wasn't it there was not a plethora of options but you're bearing the lead i mean you proposed to your wife in that office dude what? i did I, you know what i Which did was so you were encouraged to do it and it was incredibly weird but well, but yet beautiful well i wasn't encouraged to do it actually um oh really i thought that i thought that patrick like asked you to do it and set it to everything up and the whole no, thing no 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 okay it was, it was no so what happened was Stephanie knew my wife knew I was going to propose because we we had talked about that we were going to get married, right? So she knew at some point we had gone and looked at rings. She knew it was coming, and I forget the exact circumstances, but there was a reason that that weekend was kind of the weekend it had. I think it was because my parents were coming out to meet her the following weekend, and and we had just talked about it, and, and so she kind of knew that weekend was kind of the sweet spot, and so it was a Saturday. And Steph came over to my apartment and she had her nails all done up because she knew that her hands are going to be in a bunch of pictures, right? She's like, oh, I got them done for Easter. And I'm like, no, you didn't, <laughs> right? Like, I know that's an outright bald-faced lie. So I'm trying to think of like how I can possibly do this where she's not going to suspect that that's the moment I'm going to propose. Like, I can't take her to a really like romantic spot because she's going to know. So... Her sisters were coming in unbeknownst to her that day. So we went out, we got, we got pizza for lunch. And then I said, listen, I got to shoot a video real quick. Can we just swing by the office? All you've got to do is just sit behind the camera, turn the camera on. And, and I, of course, I had set this off the night before, so I knew it was all set. I said, just turn the camera on, and then I'm, I'm just going to shoot the video. It'll be a minute, and we'll get out of here. And when she turned the camera on, I proposed to her. And the reason I did it that way was I figured, A, she'd never suspect it. And B, she'll always have the video. She can always look back on it if she wants to. Um, and that's why. That's why I did it. It it's it's awesome. I mean, I remember afterwards, like we were so excited coming that we got to see Verdurant's proposal. Yeah. Oh, it's still, yeah, like fan side. I gave him a copy of it. It's still on like the fan side of Google Drive. Um, yeah. On but this- I surprised her. I did. It worked. We we walked home. Her sisters and and their their uh, boyfriends are sitting there waiting. Uh, to, to congratulate her. So it was, listen, it worked out. I'm glad I did it that way because I saw I the video on my computer and every once in a blue moon, I'll pull it off and it, it's just funny. That's even, we don't that, have kids yet. It's a whole different world. So that, that thing needs to be perhaps put out on social media at some I'll point in time, when, 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 whenever you're ready. Uh, all right, let's wrap up here. I think we've had a lengthy one here. I think we missed a couple things, but that's okay. That's all right. Uh, you're, you're bummed on your Knicks, although we just did a lot of personal stuff, but you can go go ahead of your Knicks yeah, rant I mean, at the, the end of the show. Knicks, how do you lose Nets last night? You're up, you're up 13 in the third. They don't have Harden, who, who left after like four minutes, and Durant's not playing, although Kyrie, my God, they could not stop him. It was unbelievable. Uh, you know, like 44 points or something. But the Knicks blow the game because Alfred Payton – listen, give credit to Alfred Payton. He's the first legally blind man to play in the NFL – or in the NBA, rather. First, first one to ever do it. Legally blind and playing in the NBA. Give him all the credit. I've never seen someone who just ducks his head and runs headlong into four people on a given possession as much as <laughs> Alfred Payton does. It's incredible. Like, if you watch a possession where he drives the lane 
There's three Knicks, two in the corners, one at the top. Of the They're all just standing there begging for the balls. They're wide open to shoot a three. And Alfred Payton's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to drive head down right into a big and get the ball just swatted into a – does it five times a game. Yeah, well, that ain't great. And uh, Every game, five times a game. It's awesome. Losing to the Nets when Harden played, what did he play, four minutes, five minutes, whatever it was. Four minutes. Played yeah. four minutes. And they had a 13-point lead in the third quarter. And then Alfred Payton was like, this is my time to shine. I'm just going to put my head down and drive the lane every possession of the third quarter. Yeah, Kyrie is playing some ball this year at 40 last night. Man. Yeah. He I got to say and he is comes with a whole host of problems, but he pure does. pure talent right up there. I mean, it's unbelievable. Do they through, they through the legs bang 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 go right, go left, come back down the lane, have a hand in his face, finish with his left hand. The guy finishes with his off hand as well as anybody I've ever seen. The, it's the it's Knicks, incredible. Like you give up 40 points it's usually cuz you're terrible defensively. The Knicks were all over him. Like, it wasn't one of these things where you're like, well, you know, the Knicks just let him go. The Knicks were on him like crazy. I mean, he was making shots. Like, how is he hitting these? I mean, He's, step back three, guy right in his fit, doesn't matter. Just drains it. It's a problem though. And the Nets tried to, I was like, Harden's got a hamstring injury. He's go. He's, he's out for a long time. He's not going to win the MVP. He needs to rest. Those things don't heal. Now they rush him back. He plays four minutes. He's having gotten to rant yeah. back. Y'all, y'all need to get a reset here. It, it's, it, it's, it's not, you got to make that right or else you're right. going to have no chance come the playoff time. Uh, just real quick. Baseball season underway. Cubs are off to a good start. Sox are two and three. I put out a been outscored 44 to nine in five games. Yeah. I got, I got two things. Number one, like I get it. I was as annoyed as anybody in the entire planet about the Houston Astros, but Dusty Baker is right. Like at at some point you go ahead and boom, but like every stadium they go to, you're going to throw trash cans on the field. Like, you know, just, just, I mean, get a life at some point here. Like go. I'll give him credit, man. They went into Oakland for the first four-game series to start the year. And I I mean, I'm on the record. I picked the Ace to win the division, whatever. They've won 97 games the last couple of years. Houston kicked their ass in a way that was just I mean, it was almost like offensive. It was so thorough. They and like the A's are doing all this stupid crap, like with their PA system and like mocking them. And the Astros are like, that's cool. We're gonna hit 571 this series and just Beat the piss out of Oakland game after game. I thought the defining moment in the series, not that anyone cares, was Matt Chapman running to second base to break up a double play, and Carlos Correa ran him over like he was a linebacker. I mean, just killed him. And it was like, yep, pretty much. Yeah, the Astros look pretty good. That that guy is going to get paid by someone, and he's going to be worth the money. He, yep. he is – I'm a huge fan. He's a great uh, player. And if people miss what Dusty said, he's basically like, look – We've all cheated in life on a test, on something. Get over uh, it. You know, get over it, which, um, you know, they, we've paid our price. He's not, he's not saying that they were, you know, like he's not saying it's, it's fine, but, you know, glass houses, that type of thing. And it's a little bit different than cheating on a test. This was repeated action and, you know, and, and up on years. But also it's like, you know, I mean, come on. It, I, I just – I don't – I think booing's fine, but we don't – like – the the vitriol against these guys is a little it's a, just a little bit crazy um but okay two things 
Tony LaRussa, who didn't get a challenge done on an obvious uh, incident replay situation. Um, and people are making excuses that they shrunk the time from 30 seconds to 20 seconds. I, I was a Tony LaRussa supporter here, but like early going for the White Sox, it hasn't been great. And I put out a video yesterday. Somebody's got to help him with his mask. He looks so incredibly ridiculous. I don't know if you've seen this thing, but it, it's it's coming off his face to like all the way out to second base. Can somebody just get Larusa a normal looking mask? I mean, it's a seventy eight year old guy that's that's I'm not the, seen it in, in a baseball uniform that looks ridiculous as it is, and it's just just help him out. Get him get make him look cool in the dugout. Like let him be, you know, our cool old guy in the dugout. That's our Final, Tony. Um... Yeah. Final note from me. Um, I, I am not a huge college basketball guy. Like, I love the tournament and I love the conference tournaments, but I, during the regular season, I'm a St. John's fan. They suck. Whatever. It is what it is. And I, I just don't have the time. You know, it's during football season. I'm a casual fan, I guess is what I'm driving at. The Gonzaga UCLA semifinal game. Incredible game. I, I'm not big on hyperbole. It is the greatest college basketball game that I've personally seen. I can't think of a better game than I ever watched because a lot of times these games are a close game, but it's because like guys are missing shots like crazy. And it's uh, that game was just one absolute unbelievable haymaker. after the, next. the shot making was incredible. And you're about the fifth person that said that, by the way, my brother said that to me. It's not like he's watching hoop all that. He's like, that was just incredible. One of my buddies texted me. It's like, that was the greatest game I've ever seen. Now you're saying it. Um, I mean, it was I'm not impressive. old enough to remember the Duke Kentucky Leitner game. I was four. I don't remember. I didn't start watching even casually until I was probably like you know seven or eight. I, I mean, the, the Villanova UNC title game was great. You know, Duke and Butler was a really good game, although that game was a little bit of a defensive slog at times. But that game, that UCLA game, man. I mean, UCLA plus part of it, like they're an eleven seed. They have no right being there in the first place. It was just an un. And then of course Gonzaga gets just plowed by Baylor but what a, what a great game and and, and of course the ending is an all-time shot just yeah. unbelievable yeah if I'm going all-time great college basketball games that stick out in my head I got to go full childhood and that was when Nova upset Georgetown I knew you were it, gonna say that. it, it, it was that. because like you look and and I, by the way I think nowadays I would have loved that Georgetown team but back then you know they were they were not the uh, darlings of the world and Nova upsetting them was just, uh, it was, it was so stunning. And Ed Pickney holding the ball uh, as the clock ran out and they beat them by one. It was, it was, it was just incredible. But Patrick Ewing's one of my all time favorite players that ever played in the league now. So uh, respect to your guy there, buddy. I, 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 I love awesome. big Pat. Huge fan, huge fan of Ewing. Gets more uh, crap than anybody who doesn't deserve to get. I mean, just my God. Who's the second best player he ever played with? I love John Starks. John Starks and Charles right, Oakley. Right, right, right. And, I mean, I look, I, I take Pat in that era. I'm not going to take him over Elijah, but I'm certainly taking him over Robinson. And, and a, I agree. And yeah, I agree. So To me in that era, the only centers I would take over him are Shaq because he's I mean, you might say he's the all-time greatest center. And then Olajuwon. Akeem, mm -hmm. Akeem was before his time. You imagine Akeem now? Akeem's, out of, was, Akeem's, <laughs> Akeem's completely insane. Because One of the Akeem, most talented athlete Big Ben ever, if, maybe, maybe the most. If Akeem came along now and he was playing, I mean, he would be shooting threes. 
Yeah, you would. There would be there'd be no stop. The man ran like a guard. I he mean, was in- he, had, he had the skill set of Kevin Durant, but like at like seven foot and two hundred and sixty pounds. It was, it was unreal. Yep, no doubt. Hey, thank you everyone for listening. To Stack in the box. A little detour. Uh, yep. End of the podcast day, which I hope you enjoyed. A little vert around ma- marriage proposal, old office, and six years deep for Matt. Uh, Thought he was, I, I was convinced that Vertoran was leaving us, but uh, he is not. So stack in the box. We'll continue going forward here, baby. Um, yeah, we'll see you next time, baby. Uh, congratulations to you, Carolina. Good luck with that, Sam Darnold. Vertoran, you want to say goodbye? See you people later. We'll be back on Tuesday. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.